the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Well, I'm so glad you joined us today. My name is Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development here at AM630 KSLR. Thank you so much for listening to The Word in South Texas. This program is called The Church of the Week, and it is my pleasure every weekend at the same time to introduce you to a pastor in and around San Antonio because our desire is that you would be um, uh, plugged into the local community church, that you would make up uh, the local community church, get involved, have someone that you can call your pastor, have brothers and sisters that, uh, in church that can encourage you and that you can encourage them also with prayer and with the Word of God and things like that. It's a great time to come together in fellowship and, and uh, iron sharpens iron to help each other out to uh, just be more versed in God's Word. So here today in studio, we have Pastor Lupina Villalpando Stewart. She's a pastor at North uh, Northern Hills United Methodist Church here in the northeast side of San Antonio. Pastor, welcome to the studio. Good to have you. We are so glad to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Absolutely. Well, uh, before we talk about ministry, uh, give us some information about uh, about you, uh, where you're from, uh, your upbringing, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I am actually originally from Mexico. I'm from Monterrey, Mexico. And uh, while I was there, I could see how God in his, what we call as Methodist, prevenient grace. is the grace that is walking with you even before you're not, you are aware. And I remember since I was a little girl how God has been faithfully looking for me and trying to reach out to me. And uh, when I was seven years old, I remember telling him, God, I want to be intentional about being uh, your daughter and to be connected with you, to be your friend. And after time went by, we were introduced to a Methodist church that was very close to my house. And I received a very good advice when I went to that denomination. A person told me, you will find people in this place that is not perfect, but they have a perfect God. Amen. And I believe that that's true for any denomination. The congregations, the churches are created with people who we all have places that we need to work and mature. That's why we're there. That's right. Because it is through the power of God that we're able to be restored. Yeah. Now, did you grow up in a Christian home in Monterrey? I grew up in a Catholic, Roman Catholic church, but mm-hmm. a, a, a home. And my dad is actually Catholic. My mother is Methodist. But I also learned through that to be very respectful of different denominations and to learn that uh, it is uh, a lot about Jesus Christ. And it is if Jesus is the center, we can come from different backgrounds and we can come together as one. And after that, God called me to ministry. And uh, I went to seminary in Mexico. I did a BA in theology while I was there. And one thing that I learned there in Mexico, too, is that God is your Jehovah Jireh. He's the one who provides for you. Because we were involved in ministries. And part of the school in in Mexico is 50% is your grades, but the other 50% is the work that you do as missionary. So they sent me to start a church in a little town near Monterrey. 
And um, we did that with almost like $30 a month and God's grace there. Wow. And uh, what I learned in that process was really that God is the one who provides and people are always thirsty to listen to the gospel when you are intentional of bringing the gospel to them. Yes. And after the time there, I always felt called to do more school and I always had a passion for missions and counseling too. Mm. So God opened the door for me to come to the United States and go to seminary in Asbury Theological Seminary, and that is in Wilmer, Kentucky. Oh. And uh, while I was there, I also had the opportunity to participate with other pastors and create another Hispanic uh, congregation while we were in seminary. Beautiful. So what I learned there, too, is that how God is able to go through different cultures and put us together. Yes. as one uh, and as, as the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. After that, I was ready to go back home thinking that that was it for me in the United States, but God decided to interrupt me, and he likes to do that. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, the United Methodist Church sent me as missionary to West Ohio because um, in our denomination, the, the bishop can send you to places even beyond your own country. So it was an experiment. So they sent me there, and at the same time, I got married, and I married a person who is from the United States, from this country. And also, we believe that our marriage is a testimony about uh, what God tells us to do. And it's a prophetic voice of saying, we can come from different backgrounds, different cultures, but Christ is the center, and love can prevail and can grow in, in each other. And so we were missionaries for nine years in uh, West Ohio, planting Hispanic Latino ministries, helping American congregations to be able to engage with Hispanic ministry. Hmm. And after those nine years, we felt called to come closer to Mexico for my family and my parents. And uh, now we're serving here at Northern Hills. Wow. <laughs> growing up in Mexico, uh, what was your dream? What did you think you were going to do as a child, maybe growing up in some of your dreams of, of being an adult and uh, having a certain yes. career? Um, it was kind of funny because I felt God was calling me to ministry, but I was very specific to him. And I said, it's okay if you want to call me to ministry, but I don't want to work as teacher. I don't want to work ever in an office, and I don't want to be a pastor. <laughs> and as soon as I said those three things, the only way I was able to go through seminary is working as a teacher. And then they changed my job to an administrative work. And then the first thing they asked me to do was to plant a church as a pastor. So I also learned that I can <laughs> so have God my own agenda. <laughs> <laughs> I can have my agenda, but God has his plans. Always. And uh, through that, I also learned that God told me something very loudly one time. They assigned me a church uh, after I was done with seminary. And I felt a little bit overwhelmed with that congregation because the, the people in there were very mature in their faith. And I was just out of seminary. And I felt, this is not making sense. This mm. is not, not, not matching. And what God told me at the end was, this is to show you that it's not about you. It's about what you let me do through you and about my power. And I'm just inviting you to see what I can do. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about the experience, your personal experience, being called into ministry? And this is a question that I like to ask different uh, pastors that I get to meet and talk to every every week, because um, I, I believe we're all ministers in yes, some way, fashion, or form, uh -huh. right? We all we all preach in some way the, the the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there is a certain calling for this duty that God has handed you. Um, how did that experience happen with you? How did you? How did you know all of a sudden God's calling me to a higher level of ministry, a dedication to ministry? That's a good question because I also had uh, as a situation with Mexico, not always the fact that you are a female 
call to ministry makes things easier. Sometimes mm. it's actually more challenging. You need to show that you're called to ministry, but also you need to show that the fact that you're a woman is a is an asset, is not against the right. ministry. So when I was calling ministry, it was actually through, um, the, since the moment that I started growing my faith and learning more about God, I always had that extra passion of feeling I want more people to learn about the, the love of Jesus Christ. And uh, one time uh, after I was done with high school in Mexico, I spent one year in Presbyterian Pan-American School in Kingsville, Texas. And while I was there, I remember that I felt this passion about being in multicultural settings and being like a bridge between cultures to be Mm. able to explain the gospel. And uh, I don't believe that everybody has the call in the same way in some cases. And even for me, it was a step-by-step of growing in passion in Mm. different things and feeling how God was fulfilling things that were necessary for me to be able to work through that passion or in that passion. So he provided the school. He gave me the opportunity to go to seminary with $100 in my pocket, and I was able to do my education. And all of that was just ways that God was confirming to me step by step that he wanted me to grow and do something for his glory. Were there some sacrifices along the way as you followed God's there calling. were. I needed to leave my family, and uh, in that process, it was hard because um, I had just one only sister who just died and leave my parents who are elder. But in the midst of that, God told me, uh, trust me, I can take care of them b- better than you. And mm-hmm. I needed just to let that go and let God take care of that. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us today. You're listening to uh, The Word in South Texas, AM 630 KSLR. This program is called Church of the Week. My name is Mark Longoria, your host of this program, and here today uh, with us in studio is Pastor Lupina Vialpando. Am I saying that right? Yes. Vialpando Stewart. Uh, she's pastor at Northern Hills United Methodist Church. Um, it's up at the northeast side of San Antonio, uh, on, off of Loop 1604, the address being 3703 North Loop 1604. Uh, more information online at nhumc.org. That's nhumc.org. And, uh, of course, if you have some uh, questions and you'd like to call the office, you can dial 210-654-0881, 210-654-0881. Sunday services are at 830, 11, and 1-11. So I know you've got several different services. Let's talk about uh, Northern Hills for a little bit, and you can tell us the, kind of the different uh, types of services that you have on Sundays. Um, tell us about the history of Northern Hills uh, Nor- church. Northern Hills is a church that has been established in 1974. It started in the area of the Northern Hills uh, neighborhood, mm-hmm. and then it grew. And they decided around 12 years ago to move to the area where we are right now in 1604. It has been a great congregation. Um, we are right now three pastors. I'm one of the associate pastors. The main pastor is Pastor Milton Lewis, who has been there for 25 years. Then Pastor Dan Harrington, who is uh, the other associate pastor and myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a great congregation uh, to be in, in there. Um, this and a beautiful is, facility, I might it say. It is. It's really, we're it's very, nice. very excited. But this is a church that is, um, our vision is to reach, to teach, and to love people mm. and to share with them about the love of Jesus Christ. And one of our desires is to be able to serve uh, m- as many people as we can. So we offer different dynamics in our church. 
We have traditional services. We have contemporary. We have multicultural and multigenerational. We have people that are wealthy. We have people that are poor. We have uh, services that are bilingual to be able to reach out to our community that speak just Spanish or the community who is married with a Spanish-speaking and an English-speaking or an English person who wants to speak Spanish and practice. We are <laughs> One of the things that excites me about this congregation is that we are also mission-focused. We have a de um, deaf ministry, but also we have a ministry with people with special needs. Mm. So they are part of our congregation. And through that, as a mother, too, I am always excited to have my children being exposed to different people. So in that way, they learn that we are one in Christ and we can be different in Christ. Yes. One other thing that is really exciting in our congregation is that we just opened a new ministry center, and that is in our old neighborhood. We oh. felt called that, as the scripture says, that we need to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, until the ends of the earth. We felt called that we have been serving Jerusalem. We have been serving at the end of the earth because we have missions in Guatemala and Liberia, but we haven't served our own Judea. Mm. So what we did is we all opened this new facility that is in the area of Naco Pass, and yes. uh, that ministry center um, has um, every day 1,400 people going by because there are four bus stations in that place. So our goal is to reach out to the people who come through the bus, that's one culture, and also to the culture of the people who live in the Northern Hills neighborhood. Mm -hmm. We are right now in the season of exploring and learning, but our purpose in there is to be able to be available for the community, not just to serve, but also to learn from them and see how together we can grow in our faith. Hey, man, that's awesome. Congratulations on that, mm -hmm. uh, on, on that ministry. Uh, you mentioned uh, about coming from a, uh, a Catholic family. Now you're with United Methodist Church. You also mentioned a little while ago about how we can be so diverse, yet we're one body. Uh, for those uh, people that know or have heard of the United Methodist Church but don't really know anything about it, can you give us some information about the denomination itself? Yes. I am passionate about my denomination because it offers great things for what it is the society right now. We believe in the Trinity. We believe in Jesus Christ as the only way of salvation. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I think one of the strongest things of our faith is that we believe, first of all, that you need to have a connection with God. It's a way for you to be able to find who you really are, your entire value, because the only way we can get that is when God is telling you who you are. And with that, you change the way you see yourself. But also, we believe that that's not all for us. We are called to be in this community and make a difference. So we believe in what we call a sanctification that connects us to the world. So the purpose for us, too, is to see, after I have this relationship with God that is making an impact in myself, it needs to be shown in my community and my surrounding. So what we do is we try to serve the community and make a difference by our actions, by our words, um, and by the way we interact with the, the people that are close to us. Mm -hmm. So we are intentional about doing things and creating events that help us to connect with the community to be able to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that's very, very needed because a lot of the times we can fall into a trap where we're just kind of doing things within our own mm -hmm. group of people and we forget that there's a whole other world out exactly. there that needs to hear 
about the love of Jesus Christ. Exactly. Needs to know about it. So uh, with that, let's talk about an event that's coming up. I know that you're going to have a, uh, a big event that you do annually. It's called the Blessings of the Bikes. And here very quietly over to the, uh, over to the side, we've had uh, Herschel Creekbaum, and uh, he's uh, also been involved in this, and uh, he's the one that initially um, talked to us about it, and this is kind of how we got the whole ball rolling here. But um, Herschel, you want to tell us a little bit about what's going on here with this? Yes, thank you, Mark. Um, thank you very much for having us here, first of all. We really appreciate it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, last year, well, uh, while I was attending church, Pastor Lupina look, looked at me from a distance and I guess it's from the bald head and the goatee and the earring. She assumed that I rode a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> so she gave me the signal, do you ride? Yeah. <laughs> and I just shook my head up and down and smiled, and she started telling me about an event that they had in Ohio while she was there, uh-huh. while she was serving God there. And so she told me about the event of a blessing of the bikes where they had thousands or hundreds of motorcycles come in, and I just said, we can do that here. Yeah. Um, you can, I've had my motorcycle blessed. Uh, I've been riding for many years. Um, and so at that point, we, we started planning it, and we had our first one last year, very successful. Um, we hope to have a bigger turnout this year even. Um, this year I've had more response back from t- TV, radio, motorcycle clubs, um, so we're we're very excited, and, and and all we're doing is people who ride. We're reaching out to people who ride that would just like to have their motorcycles blessed. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Well, so a little bit about yourself. You're uh, you're an Air Force veteran. Uh, I am. You, uh, 22 years in the United States Thank Air Force. Thank you very much. Thank you for your service. Absolutely. I know you're an Air Force veteran. Yes. Um, yeah, I spent 22 years in the Air Force. That's how I ended up here in San Antonio, Texas, and um, and I love it here. Yeah, well. it's great. Thank you for your service again, and um, it's good that you ride because there are a lot of a lot of bikers here in and around San Antonio. And uh, now the spring is here. Of course, they're going to be hitting the roads even more. So, what about this drew you to start this, Pastor? Back in Ohio, I don't know if this is something you started or you just kind of grew into it. But what uh, what birthed this idea to do the blessing of the bikes? I remember when I was in West Ohio, several of the pastors that I really admire from that conference um, decided to do that. I start putting different uh, bikers together. One of the main leaders in the church, a superintendent, actually was a rider, a biker. So he started inviting other people to participate. And I always felt that it was an outstanding idea to be able to say everyone can be blessed. The scripture has never stopped saying that we need to stop blessing. That's Mm. something that has never been old-fashioned. It's still something we can do today. So I thought, what about making an impact as they did in West Ohio here in our own San Antonio? Mm -hmm. And when I saw Herschel, I just felt... Could it be possible that happens here? And uh, one of the great things is to have a congregation as Northern Hills is, is that when you invite people to participate in something, Northern Hills will tell you yes. Yeah. And here we have Herschel now having this initiative with the bikes. Wow. Well, Herschel, give us the details of the event. When is it? What time is it? What can people expect? What should they plan for for that day? It, well, the event is Saturday, May 14th. It uh, starts at 8 o'clock in the morning and then will end at 930 um, at 8 o'clock in the morning, we will start getting motorcycles staged and get ready to start blessing. Uh, we'll also be providing free breakfast tacos and coffee if people want to show up early and, and um, just share in ministry or talk to each other about motorcycling. Um, we're going to have two pastors, Pastor Lupina and I think Pastor Dan Harrington, are going to be doing the motorcycle blessing. So um, it's, it's going to be a good event. Uh, hopefully the weather is going to be great. 
It's going to go very quickly. We're mm. going to get p- people in and out of there so you can get out on the road by hopefully 10 o'clock and, and get your ride in on the day. So, so now we're talking about an hour and a half from 8 to 9.30. Is this something that they're going to be there for an hour and a half, or are you open for people to ride in and out at, during that hour? How does that work? How does the schedule work? We're going to be open from that 8 o'clock till 9.30. We'll be open for people to, if, if they just want to ride in and get their motorcycles blessed, they can come in any time between 8 o'clock and 9.30. Um, if somebody comes after 9.30, we're not going to say, no, we're not going to bless your motorcycle. Yeah, we're still yeah. going to bless your motorcycle. Okay. So, Is there an organized schedule of what's going to be happening that day? Or, mm-hmm. and can you tell us about that? Yeah, what mainly we do is, that, as uh, Hershey said, we stay the bikes and while people are waiting and greeting each other, we will provide some tacos. We also have a table where we will offer some Bibles and also places for them to pray. Our congregation is very passionate about prayer. Every Tuesday at 6.30, we have a team that prays for every need of the congregation. So we will We'll add that to our list. We will ask them to come and write that, and me and another pastor will be there available. If anyone wants to have just a time of prayer by themselves with us, we are glad to do that. And then after having that time and having that breakfast, then we will ask them just to start lining up and with the help of Herschel, and we will go blessing one by one during that time. It's a great time. Mm-hmm. Now, for someone that's never been to a bike blessing, what does that mean? Blessing. Yes. It means that we are going to, um, when the person comes with the bike, we are going to dedicate the rights of the person. We're going to pray and say, we pray that through this time that you are riding your bike, may God speak to you, talk to you, may you feel him present with you. We also pray for them and say, we pray for protection. We pray that you dedicate this bike as a place where God can be there and be able to have a connection with you. Amen. Well, thank you for doing that. As a as a bike rider myself, I know that it's important uh, to be covered in prayer. Uh, we're grateful for people that pray, uh, people that stand in the gap, people that intercede. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, being out in the streets, Herschel, you know how how very quickly something can go wrong by someone not very quickly. by simply not noticing that you're there, uh, whether it's on their blind spot or they just simply didn't see you. Um, when they should have. So, you know, the prayer is very important. So thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. And I I have a testimony to what Pastor Lupina was saying. Um, The first time I had my motorcycle blessed, I was at the uh, Republic of Texas rally in Austin. Um, Are you familiar with that rally? I've heard of it, yes. Very large. Over 200,000 people attend. And um, and, and (laughs) I'd been hearing an advertisement on the radio all all weekend about a motorcycle, uh, free motorcycle wash. So I was on my way to a free bikini <laughs> motorcycle wash. Mm-hmm. And, and as soon as I left out of the Rot Rally, I wasn't even 200 yards. And people always ask, you know, well, how do you know you heard from God? Or why do you say God spoke to you in that way? I felt like a rock hit me in the back of the head as I passed by a little tent that said, free motorcycle wash, get your motorcycle blessed. <laughs> And I turned around, I, I turned around right right there. I turned around and I went back. I got my motorcycle blessed. I prayed with those guys. Wow. I felt the Holy Spirit so strong. That's awesome. And, uh, and I went right back to my friend's camp right there. So it, wow. it was it was pretty funny Isn't story. Isn't it amazing how God can move in such a powerful way for some, with something so small if we just make ourselves available mm-hmm. to the community? Just a little, little bike wash and a prayer, and it, it yeah. had an impact on you. It did. And now it's grown into our second annual blessing of the bikes. Uh, We hope that all motorcyclists, we don't care if you ride Harley-Davidson's, Hondas, BMWs, 
uh, sport bikes. We, we don't care. And it doesn't know? doesn't matter what denomination doesn't they matter are, or if they go to church or not. No. Does not yeah. matter. Just yeah. come if you would like to have your motorcycles blessed. Just please come and do so. Amen. Well, appreciate the. Uh, the invitation, once again, the uh, the bike blessing is going to be happening, or the blessing of the bike is going to be happening on Saturday, May 14, beginning at 8 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. Uh, breakfast, uh, tacos will be there. They'll have co- coffee as well. It's a good time to sit down, uh, meet a few other riders, get to know what's going on here in and around San Antonio. So, And most importantly, of course, is to meet the folks that are there that are taking time out of their Saturday morning to be a blessing to you uh for so if if you are listening and you have a bike well then by all means be there if you're listening and you don't have a bike i'm sure you know someone that does and you can pass the information over it's going to be happening at uh, northern hills united methodist church again the location is off of northeast san antonio off of 1604 uh the address is 3703 north loop 1604 that's right around the what is it uh judson Bulverde exit. exit. Oh, I knew it was around there somewhere. Uh, Yeah, so the Bulverde exit, uh, you'll see it on the north side of 1604. Pastor, in our last uh, closing, any closing comments just for an invitation for folks to come out to the church or get to know you a little bit more? We will be so happy to have you to come to our congregation, and we we hope that when you come there, you can see how God is speaking to you, and also we would like to learn from you. We believe that the gospel can be transformational when we share with each other. And be glad. We'll be very happy to have you with us. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Pastor Lupina Villalpando Stewart. Thank you, Herschel uh, Creekbaum, for being here with us. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I want to leave you one more time with the information. Northern Hills United Methodist Church is located at 3703 North Loop 1604. That's Northeast San Antonio. You can find out more information about the ministry at nhumc.org. You can also call the office at 210-654-0881. Again, number is 210-654-0881. Services, they got plenty for you to pick from on Sunday mornings at 8.30 a.m., at 9.45, at 11, and a bilingual service uh, also happening at 1.11 p.m., and don't forget uh, Tuesday prayers at 6.30 as well. So, uh, again, you can get all the details and all the different types of services and how those differ one from the other online at nhumc.org. Thank you so much for listening to The Word in South Texas. My name is Mark Longoria, host of this program, The Church of the Week. I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. God bless. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.